Sick podcast. Here are your hosts, Chloe and Joanna, who I personally think are very hot and smart. We're recording today on the stolen lands of the Eora and Kula nations. Sovereignty was never ceded, and this was and always will be Aboriginal land. Thank you, Joe. Welcome to episode 22 of Chronically Fully Sick. Uh, poo poo, fart fart, poo poo. <laughs> We are two women who have a podcast to talk about being chronically ill because we, all of our, all of our able-bodied friends, don't want to hear our diarrhea stories anymore. I wrote um, this. <laughs> I was going to say that at the end. <laughs> Can you tell that Joanna wrote this? I hate it when you when you write the intros for me. Oh my god. Um, so if you are just joining us from uh, episode 22, interesting choice, but, you know, it's your life. Uh, <laughs> we are two rapidly ageing women with wrinkles everywhere, unless you are Joe and have some jab jab. Uh, <laughs> no, bring it on. Get all yeah, the Botox you can, baby. Yeah, I'm literally saving up for it. Like, I'm starting to get crow's feet. It's all happening. Um, yes, two rapidly ageing women with fibromyalgia. Uh, to say the least, we are absolutely dropping it like it is certainly not. Yes. Again, Joanna wrote this. I don't. I had to ask her what it meant. I don't understand. <laughs> it has no punctuation. There's no punctuation at all when she writes these for me. I just have to make sense of it as it comes, and it never does. So, um, uh, yeah. So, if welcome you to get the Chronically more, Fully Sick podcast. <laughs> if you want to get more updates on that kind of thing and the Chronically Fully Sick podcast, you can do that on Twitter at Chronic Full Sick, Instagram at Chronically Fully Sick, where there are heaps of good memes, or you can get in touch with us via our website, chronicallyfullysick.com. We do have a group on Facebook called Chronically Fully Sick, which is filled with lovely spoonies. We chat about all things chronic illness. Rate us, love us, please help other people to find us because Ella's internet group is actually quite useful. Oh my God, you did really well. I normally did it I, the first time. You did. You normally make me do it because you, so you get tongue-tied halfway through and then like rather than try again, just give up and tell me to do it. <laughs> you so were determined good. and I love it. And We yeah. love to see it. We yeah. love to see it. So, um... Joey, how are you? Well, it's been a while since we've recorded last. It has. We've had a little hiatus and um, mm. it wasn't planned, basically. It wasn't enjoyed. It wasn't enjoyed. We didn't have a, a little vacay. Um, basically, life just got just absolutely fucked. Like so, too much. Just too much. It's fucked, you know, most of the time, but this was like fucked, fucked. Um, so, yeah, apologies for the for the brief brief hiatus uh, yeah but we're back joey yeah. well like most of australia's capital cities melbourne descended into chaos oh, for a couple yeah. of weeks there were riot police on my street buses of cops um, it was really interesting to watch helicopters from afar. like yeah. everyone just kind of could be, 
Because for so many years, Melbourne has been listed as like Australia's most livable city and like it's the cultural place, capital. It's the cultural capital of Australia. Yeah, like every, all of a sudden, we were just watching all of these absolutely batshit things happen in Melbourne and like yeah. riot police and shit. And we're just like watching from afar going, what's happening? Are they like, okay? Full armored, full armored police with those bizarre looking like the armored trucks and shit yeah uh and and they're really full-on looking guns mm. i believe they're full of bean bags or something but whatever. yeah they i don't want to find bags out or the um tear gas bullets or whatever um but uh, i will note fun. i'm not gonna say much about why those protests happen and what i think about them you can probably guess but um, I think we've ga- gone into it a little bit anyway. We in have episodes <laughs> gathering for a protest in the same park behind Northcote Plaza. It's just like the shittiest shopping center with two different coals in it. Mm. Um, so there's a park behind that, and there's also a massive police station in the park they decided and to gather at. So oh that shows God. you the sparkling intellect at work here. <laughs> And it also shows the entitlement, them just being like, we can do this right in front of a cop shop and we know that we're not going to get, we're not going to experience police brutality, we're not going to experience deaths in custody because most of us, the majority of us are white. You know, like it's the absolute entitlement and privilege. Mm. Anyway, we shouldn't mm. go into this because I feel there like were both people of us just, will just scream. There were people just sitting there having picnics with riot police running past with like sniper rifles or whatever going, what the hell? Uh, it's, oh my God, just batshit. Like I said, watching from afar was like mind boggling. We had like, an earthquake. Yeah, and then halfway through all of this happening, you guys just went, well, earthquake time. We haven't had an earthquake in Melbourne for like how many It was really huge. I think we last had one in 2012 or something like that. But I was making toast and I just kind of looked up and I was like, uh. And then I kept eating the toast and walked into the the brace of the door kind of thing and just it's kind also, of stood there eating toast. It's also weird, like, with chronic illness, you literally, like, I get dizzy and, you know, tremors and that kind of stuff so much. If I've experienced the beginning of an earthquake, I would literally just think it was my own body fucking up. Yeah. <laughs> like, I would literally be like, oh, another one of these classic Am I having a symptoms? Yeah. yeah. So in overseas listeners, Australia is a lot bigger than what most people overseas really realise. And for... People in Sydney to feel tremors from an earthquake that's happening in Melbourne means that it was really fucking huge. She was like, big, yeah. Yeah, she was a big I think girl. a six or something. Yeah, wild. Yeah. Oh, that's mm. fun, an earthquake, riots. Yeah, so, and then this week has exploded into blood and carnage with Halloween, the Melbourne Cup, and my uterus all popping out to say g'day. Oh, lovely. Um, I do have to say that dressing up as Elvira felt extremely natural to me. Elvira. As Elvira, mistress of the dark. If they ever ask about me. Tell him I was more than just a great set of... It's the greatest double feature of all time. Oh, my God. If you guys, like, go onto Instagram, go to Joey's profile and look at her as Elvira because I love Elvira, queen of my heart, and seeing when that photo of Joey popped up, I was like, oh, my God, 
This is why I love Joey so much. Like, it was so perfect and your makeup was stunning. Thank you. I never Stung. do makeup. And she's just come out as queen of the gays as well after, Has you know, an 18-year relationship. Mm. So um, we will post the, a picture of that maybe to the Chronically Fully Sick yes. um, Instagram mm-hmm. um, as well as maybe some I don't have any. You. I don't have any Halloween pictures. I've never no, in my life dressed picture. up for Halloween. Mm. Well, Never that's shameful. Yeah, that's shameful. Continuing, mm. um, I'll say that Melbourne has opened for its strongest citizens. I suppose. Let's remember, <laughs> Stronger, strongest <laughs> is a, uh, a a term I won't quite agree with. There, no, it's most um, it's most able. It's most, most able-bodied, able-bodied citizens. citizens yeah. Well, I was going to yeah. put strongest and most feeble-minded, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so is Sydney. Sydney is also open for the able-bodied amongst us. Um, mm. But across Australia-wide, uh, disabled people are still left out of the uh, vaccine rollout. So mm. We'll discuss a little, that a little bit later mm. as well. Um, I've just been super busy at work. My gyno tells me I have a rampant UTI I'm completely unaware of. Oh. Lovely, and I just lovely slept, gal. <laughs> I slept for four days after taking a ten milligram Valium because I'm just exhausted. Oh wow! And one of my darling dogs died, so I'd like yeah. to dedicate this to her and all of our friends in doggy heaven. Yeah, um, I love you, Ivy, and I'm sorry this dedication is the very least of what you deserve. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're sorry that we dedicated this horrible episode to you. No, I'm joking. That's oh, I'm I'm so sorry, Joey. That's losing a pet is one of the hardest things that you know it's just like all of a sudden you go home and they're not there and it oh feels no. weird it's horrible oh, I know I just she smelt like a, a old dirty mop and she was a real good grub <laughs> yeah. and made all sorts of weird noises and any yeah. in any case senior pets are the best yeah absolutely yeah oh I'm so sorry that's, that's okay yeah Ivy Ivy deserves better than this episode though so maybe let's dedicate something else to her <laughs> Ivy and Simba, can, I hope they're playing in, in Dog Heaven. Yeah, they're playing in do, over the little rainbow bridge together. That's cute. Yeah. yeah. A beautiful boy and girl. Mm. Um, How are you? Oh, yeah. It's hard. I literally don't remember what the date was that we recorded. So one thing is I did a photo shoot for the first time in a while. I love um, this. <laughs> doing a photo shoot during COVID times is pretty strange because people have to be wearing masks at certain times. But I, if you're the model, then you obviously like can't wear a mask and get your makeup put on. So like, there's all of these rules that are really specific and you have to wear things at certain times. But then if you do wear a mask, the makeup artist has to, has to like touch you up constantly. Mm. It's very, very weird. But yeah, no, it was fun doing it. But it was on a rooftop um, in the direct sunlight on what was accidentally one of the like hottest days of Sydney Springs thus far. Because every other day had been quite like quite cool. So yeah. like I was on this rooftop in burning hot sunlight with like elbow length gloves on, vinyl gloves, like vinyl sex gloves. <laughs> um, all of these outfits that were quite like. They weren't summery, like they were, you know, lots of jackets and that kind of thing. I would take off one of these like massive gloves and when I would take one off, it would be filled with my sweat. Like it was that bad. It was so delicious. And something the makeup artist used obviously didn't agree with my skin because I've had an acne breakout ever since. Yeah, so that's cool. I'm sure you can see on the side there, there's some really cool big ones. Yeah, it's lovely. Um, Maybe that's what we can post the photo of. (laughs) 
one next to you as Elvira. Uh, I've been having a pretty bad flare up because unfortunately I had someone in my family pass away as well. And it was the first time that I sort of had to deal with the situation of a funeral happening that I couldn't attend in my family. Mm. Um, mm. And because SA hasn't really had closures, the funeral place wasn't really set up to do like the live streams like they were in Sydney and Melbourne. Uh, okay, yeah. So like none of that was set up. So I just had to write a eulogy and have someone else read it and not like just not really sort of be there. So that was hard. And it was someone that I was quite close to in my family. So it was like, I just forgot like how much grief can make you like flare up. I feel like I've just been like up and down and not quite getting back to normal. For what feels like weeks now. Yeah, um, definitely. So on that note, in terms of my mental health, I've been trying to organise to see a psychiatrist in Sydney, which has been Oof. really interesting because I want to see a psychiatrist because I want to get tested for like ADHD, adult ADHD. Um, but I also want to like, you know, chat to them about the medications that I'm on for chronic illness stuff and what, medications I should be on for mental health stuff and whether they are you know they can work together and what what's the best option for me and oh you're wanting a holistic approach how I very dare you absolutely um but yeah holy balls do they take the piss with pr- like psych prices in Sydney oh man they're up there with housing prices baby I may <clears throat> look I they it may as well be the same price as a house in terms of how like unaffordable and inaccessible these people are so there's like certain people that like have signed on to some like you know doctor's pledge thing and their prices are sort of you know the 350 dollar mark and then there's people who are literally charging 750 dollars per session how i don't know i don't know and like medicare covers 200 of it so they are do you get a rim job as well or something if i don't get a happy ending i'll be fucking livid it is unbelievable and like they they proudly have these fees on their website as well so it's just like they're not they're brazen about it they don't give a shit like clearly they're getting people to pay it you know how dare this be more than full service sex work how dare it oh my god (laughs) anyway so furious about that um have been getting some weird, uh, not weird, but like some interesting symptoms I've never experienced before from Lyrica. Oh, oh. weird. It's also <laughs> strange that it took maybe about two months for it to really kick in. Yeah, mine was like immediately and... Uh, and that's what I'm, most people have said to me, yeah. Yeah, so, immediately like, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was fine for two months and I'm like, oh, this is great. And then all of a sudden I've... so. Like, I know that weight is obviously a very difficult subject for us to talk about. And please know that when I say any of this, there is no fat phobia involved in what I'm saying. But um, just in terms of my body, which has always been the same weight, gaining 10 kilos has just been very confusing to me. Yeah, of course. Not that I'm, like, feeling negative about it. Just, like, I went to go put my jeans on the other day and they didn't fit. And I've Mm. never had that before in my life. But sickness has always kind of meant for me that I struggle to keep weight on. And so Mm. now having it be the other way around, this is a whole new experience for me. It's Um, just discombobulating when it happens so quickly, I think. It did. It's happened out of nowhere. 
you have to get used to carrying and dressing a different body suddenly. Totally, yeah. And seeing whether this- that's whether you've lost heaps of weight in a short amount of time or gained it, it doesn't. Yeah, it's that, and it's like, yeah, none of my clothes fit, and um, I've been the same way. I as think since I was about 16 like I've just never mm. really lost or gained that much weight so like for it to be quite a decent chunk of weight and for it to happen so quickly it happened in over, overnight kind of thing mm. so yeah. yeah it's a very weird thing to sort of experience um for the first time and um, I think um with the problem with I which is what I had with it as well is it immediately put more pressure on my joints. Absolutely. Um, which made my fibro way more difficult to handle and yep. still does. Yeah. I'm starting to feel a bit the same with that. Like it just, yeah. I, I'm not quite sure how to how to navigate all of this kind of stuff. But yeah. anyway, I'm also, it's also doing weird things to my sleep. Like I wake up at 5.30 in the morning, which is very strange for me. Because I'm not a morning person at all. No. And it no. Keeps, keeps happening randomly. It'll just be like, you're up now, 6 a.m. Off you go, like, time to work. And mm. it's never happened to me before in my life also. So Lyrica, doing some weird... Love it. Weird shit. But, yeah, that's. I think that's pretty much it. I'm organising some stuff for um, International Day for People with Disability. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking that maybe we could... Our listeners, if they had any ideas of what they would like to hear from us because maybe we could do something special for International Day of People with Disability this year. What do you reckon? Mm, Like if you think you'd like to send in a Spoonie hotline or there's a news story that you think is really important, um, definitely get in touch. And how can they do that, Chloe? Uh, You can email us at chronicallyfullysick at gmail.com or you can uh, send in a message via our website chronicallyfullysick.com. Did I say that mm. right? Yeah. <laughs> I've been getting a lot of messages from, from some weird psychic woman or something, right? We have been, yeah. I, I feel like someone's signed up our email to some tarot card psychic thing mm. because, yeah, we keep getting all these emails about psychic stuff and it pops up and I'm just like, that's not what I want to see. A woman near you mm. is talking about you. It's me. It's always uh, me. You're yeah. like, I hope it's one in a sexy way. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Sounds hot. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much me. Alrighty. Mm, so shall we just, pop off? Oh, um, just because we've been away for a little bit, we just collected a couple of things that have happened while we've been away. There's been a lot, obviously, so we've kind of just randomly picked those to yes. report on. Uh, hey, can I just get my vape um, yeah, charger? Go, just go and bloody get your vape charger. Honestly. Don't say anything rude. No, maybe I will. (laughs) Get out of here, you monster. Are you yelling at Babs? Was that you yelling at Babs? Yes. Yeah. I've got a house full of animals again somehow. I've got so many bloody... Hang on. (laughs) You're a menace. Well, look, it's not my fault that Macintosh don't have fucking the right inputs for anything ever a vape charging port yeah well you would think that you would think that mac would have a thing for that for people like me anyway okay okay so as we were saying 
We've been away for some time. Things have mm. happened during that time. We'd like to do a quick roundup of these said things that have happened during this time in a section I want to call Beats and Bobs, all right? I didn't... She said this to me before and she did the like an accent that sounded like bag of chips from RuPaul's Drag Race UK. Um, <laughs> I didn't expect her to actually do that on the pod, but there we go. Alrighty, so the first one we wanted to have a little chat about um, and it was something that made me a big mad and very ranty this morning, but I obviously in my house I had no one to rant to, so my cat Noodle really copped it. Poor Noodle. Um, I know, yeah, the things he puts up with, honestly. Um, so it was the story about uh, during COP26, the uh, UN climate crisis summit thing that's happening at the moment, was that the Israel, you know, occupied Palestine energy minister was unable to attend the events on a particular day because it wasn't wheelchair accessible. Mm. So Kareen Elhara has muscular dystrophy and she arrived at one of the entrances to the events compound but her vehicle was not allowed to go any further and the remaining distance was too far for her to go in her wheelchair. So she had to wait two hours and was eventually offered a shuttle to the site. But the shuttle was not at wheelchair accessible. Oh my god. So she waited two hours for nothing and it's the quote from her just absolutely broke my heart where it's like I came to COP26 to meet my counterparts in the world and advance our joint struggle against the climate crisis it's sad that the United Nations which promotes accessibility for people with disabilities in in 2021 doesn't worry about accessibility at its own own events it just is heartbreaking of all of the fucking like groups to, to have an event and for it not to be wheelchair accessible. Really? The UN? Really? The UN! <laughs> like, My what the God. fuck? Who's, who's it just says was that? Over and over and over and over again, even in the highest echelons of like government, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, yeah. there is not a seat for disabled people at the table, and this Absolutely. will continue to happen. And I, I don't know how many years of disabled activists it's going to take for of us screaming accessibility shouldn't be an afterthought at events it should be part of your initial planning like you shouldn't just all of a sudden go oh yeah we'll just chuck a ramp here like don't worry the people in wheelchairs will be fine like why yeah, accessibility isn't doesn't just, mean ramp yeah it just doesn't <laughs> like ramp is great but ramp is not the only thing that makes an event accessible So, yeah, it's just, I'm so sick of it being an afterthought or not a thought at all. Those are the only two options. It just, yeah, makes me big mad. Anyway, that broke my heart. And I'm very, very sorry that this beautiful, beautiful energy minister had to go through this. Hmm. Heartbreaking. Not breaking my heart was Kate Moss's daughter, Lila Moss. Yes, this was so cool. I loved this. Yes. So she's 19. And of course, because she is Kate Moss's daughter, she did walk um, the catwalk during the Milan Fashion Week, which was quite a while ago. Mm. But I thought this was cool enough to bring up. So her and her mom, Kate Moss, walked a combined uh, Fendi and Versace. I like to say Versace. <laughs> All right, showgirls. <laughs> yeah. <Woo. laughs> Go off. Nice dress. Thanks. I bought it at Versace. In the forum? Oh, yeah, Versace. 
I love Versace. <laughs> Me too. Uh, the show boasted big names like Emily Ratajkowski and Naomi Campbell, but the young Moss was the one who made headlines when she wore a Baroque printed swimsuit and crop jacket that bared the entirety of her legs, mm. including the insulin pump on her thigh. I was about to say, the first half of that sentence sounds very, like, tabloid. She made headlines for her, like, skanky swimsuit that showed her legs. And then at the end it's like, but it made, you know, her very chill and pump was, was the thing that made headlines. So she um, had a number of outfits and continued to wear it um, where it was visible. Mm. Um, to me, it looks like I've never seen one before. It's called an Omnipod. Apparently it's they're, like, the new the thing. The new thing, yeah. Um, a tubeless device that can be worn anywhere on the body. She is actually a type 1 diabetic. Mm-hmm. Moss opened up about her condition, which according to the Mayo Clinic is believed to be caused by a combination of genetics and environmental factors. Uh, in an interview last August, I think not many people know that I have diabetes, Moss said when asked to share something new about herself. It's not visible from the outside, so no one would really know just by looking at you. I have type 1. Yeah, so obviously, visible illnesses. Go off. Yes. Go off. So she, she's making it visible and she's doing that um, <laughs> by choice and with pride. So go off, Very uh, cool. baby Moss. We love yeah. you. Baby Moss. Like, And it's always one of those, like, she got obviously amazing genetics from her mother, but also genetics that makes, you know, means that she has to wear an insulin pump. And it's like the fact that both of those things were celebrated on the runway is awesome. Like, that's so cool. We love it, baby Moss. We love baby, baby Moss. Moss. <laughs> yeah. And what um, was our next piece? Next one is one that you have lovingly titled in the um, in our document called The Law is a Bitch. So that... When I first saw that, I was like, which you're going to have to be more specific. So in Australia, in Western Australia, about a month ago, there was a woman who uh, was a cancer patient and mm-hmm. she was actually fined by police after police went to go see her to do a welfare check. And then they discovered a bunch of marijuana in her home during this welfare check. And she was actually diagnosed with cancer six years ago, had been growing it on her property and using it medicinally, making it into tinctures, making it into all sorts of things and just using it as medicine, not smoking it for fun, not that that would make a difference. Or selling it. Yeah. It's just for personal use. Absolutely just for personal use. So she was extracting oil from the plants uh, for cooking rather than smoking and said it has been incredibly beneficial in helping with the treatment of pain and mental health issues since her diagnosis. Um, And so... The fact that one police did this during a welfare check and then mm. someone's called in and been like, hey, we need to check on the welfare of this person. They rock up, check on the welfare of her and then go, oh, hey, this person that seems to be in, you know, maybe mental distress, how about we arrest you and fine mm. you $1,200 for having some having some marijuana in your house? Or they rock up to a 60-year-old woman's house and she's oh fine, God. but they smell weed and decide to go through the house. 60 years old, a 60-year-old cancer patient. Like, what Honestly. the fuck is wrong with them? Like, I just don't understand that. Like, ugh. Yeah, it was just like a combination of factors in this story oh. that it was like one thing after the other. And like... A cancer patient, it is so expensive to have cancer, even in Australia where we have supposedly a very good um, medical system. So finding someone who has just gone through that process and is probably broke, $1,200 for something that she is using as medicine, unbelievable. 
furious. Mm. I'm furious about it. I'm, f- I'm still furious about it. Oh, sorry. Concerned for her safety, they found a spare key and let themselves into the property where they found mm. marijuana in jars organized by strain and medicinal effect, as well as a tool for extracting oil from plants. So they physically saw that it was like, Oh, I'm using this for medicinal reasons. This is what this one's like. This one helps my pain. This one helps my X, Y, Z. Yep. Yep. And instead went, no, we're going to treat you like a criminal. Science queen. Unbelievable. Um, Very impressed with that, by the way, though, because like getting the, doing all of this sort of like. It's not easy. Extracting oil for tinctures and that kind of stuff. 60 years old and she's just gone and been like, oh, I'll teach myself how to do it. That's, that's dope. That's awesome. So. Uh, reading this, Chloe, it says that they seized uh, 1.266 kilograms of cannabis, which is fuck all. I was about to say, that's not a lot at all. Estimated street value of ten to $14,000. Now, um, that's a pretty big bracket. That is a pretty big bracket, and also that just does not add up right to me. Oh, no, it means 10000 to $14,000, not oh, $10. <laughs> It's not between $10 and $14,000. Oh, my God. Why? Joanna. (laughs) Oh, my God. What's wrong with you? I'm like, $10 would be like a joint. $10 would be like a really good joint, man. Like a really powerful one. What's wrong with you? (laughs) Oh, Oh dear. Okay. Well, that's the end of my that segment. You... You try and say things. <laughs> well, actually, I do want to quote this woman. Yes, please. Um, the magistrate explained that there are processes that she could have used to obtain THC, um, one of the active ingredients in marijuana, mm. for pain relief legally through her doctor. But Mrs. Oddie said that legal marijuana was unaffordable given her circumstances and that yep. she preferred to know exactly where her plants came from and how they were grown. May I... Couldn't give a shit where where my drugs come from and how they are produced, but um, unaffordable to go mm. through the legal way of getting legal marijuana. Like it is, it's like for a fifteen mil tincture of THC CBD oil kind of thing. It's like can be about three hundred dollars. It's True. like yeah, no, getting it through places. Uh, is... I'll have to beat that out. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it but like. Getting it through even like THC and CBD oil through other places that are not like legally obtained through a GP mm. are a third of the price of that. And then actually just buying weed and doing it yourself as this woman has done is far, far cheaper than that. So I just, I cannot wrap my head around it where they're like, oh, well, you can get it legally now. It's like, yeah, that is inaccessible to like the majority of people. Like, so even less accessible to her now that she has to pay a $1,200 fine and they've destroyed her cannabis and implements as mm. well as making her attending drug counselling sessions. Attending drug counselling sessions. <sighs> this poor woman who was using these drugs completely, like, responsibly to treat pain. She's using them legally, oh but just not God. how they want legally. Yeah. It's unbelievable. So she said she hasn't used marijuana since she was charged and will be seeking legal methods of pain relief moving forward. Good luck with that. Mm. Good luck with that because they're not going to help you. You should just charge like 
every single time you pay $300 for that legal, like, marijuana that you've gotten, just, like, charge an invoice straight back to those police officers. That's what I'd be doing. Just slip it right under the door and go, you owe me $300. Mm. Anyway, mm. or furious. do other things to the police. I don't know. Yeah, Why have we turned into the old men that like the, the you know the two old men in the Muppets? oh do I? Grumble, <laughs> <laughs> Stetler and Waldorf, I believe their names. Are. Oh my god, I that's amazing. Okay, excellent. That's us now. Yes. Um. Yes. Rapidly aging. Very. Speaking grumpy. of um. <laughs> Rapidly aging. Um, <laughs> uh, I I will note here briefly that our uh, frenemy friend of the podcast, human uh, Sultana Pete Evans, friend has of the put podcast. his <laughs> political <laughs> ambitions behind him. Uh, wellness warlock, I'll also call him. Mm. Um, wellness warlock, uh, is good. paleo goblin. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay mm. uh cele- but or, you know celebrity chef and conspiracy connoisseur mm. um conspiracy connoisseur. <laughs> so crikey notes that his uh profile was no longer listed on the team page of rod cullerton's party's website the great great australian, australian party. party oh my god Imagine um, being like, do you know what we should call our political party? Oh, the God, Great the Australian. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Just... My my idea was the party party. <laughs> the party party. Yeah, no, that's um that's that's oh, that's okay. I'll give you that one. But Great yeah. Australian Party is I wish for death. Yeah. <laughs> when will death come? I wish it soon. So anyway. his profile has gone off that. So I assume he's no longer a Senate candidate. Uh, Crikey he was checked planning in. on running as a independent though, wasn't he? Or was no, then the... he joined. Then he joined this he joined bunch of fucking fucking tickets. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Crikey checked in with our friend Peter, and he tersely confirmed that he was no longer running. So fuck off, Peter. Fuck off, Peter. Fuck off. Yeah. Well, that was a short-lived uh, political run from one Peter Evans, the biggest dickhead to ever walk the plains of Australia. Um, now yeah. on to another dickhead that's walking <laughs> the plains of Australia, the New South Wales Premier. Yeah, so um, New South Wales, um, had our we had our Premier step down um, because there was a, what's the ICAC thing called? It's a... She's being done. She's being done for corruption, basically. Yeah, um, because she was rooting some really ugly guy and giving him heaps of money for something. Yeah, he had like his fingers in pies that she allegedly. Had to do with. <laughs> yeah, some pies. There's been some pies, and she ate some pies. There's been um, some fingering. There's been some fingering of pies, and no one knows who knew what and why. Um, anyway, so premier stepped down, and we had a uh, new premier step up. His name is Dom. Perotet. Um, his name has too many R's and T's, and I don't understand it. And he has um, too many children. That yeah, poor woman, leave a, her alone. Catholics, uh, are, Catholics are perverted. Yes, it is. He is, yes, yeah, staunch Christian who does not believe in prophylactics, pulling out. clearly. <laughs> oh, pulling out! 
<laughs> I didn't realise. Um, I thought that's what Catholics relied on, but I don't think he... I think that's just his personal choice. Do I look like a Catholic to you, mate? I have no idea. You absolutely do not. So, yes. Dom Pera... Decided to... With all of the COVID um, presses and press conferences that we were having on a daily at one stage when all of our numbers were going through the roof, mm-hmm. um, before old mate Dom came on the scene, there was Auslan interpreters for every single one. Soon as he stepped up to the plate, um, he just decided that we didn't need Auslan interpreters for our COVID presses anymore. So mm. I guess the, however, you know, the pretty decent percentage of Australians who uh, <laughs> need, you need that yeah. need Auslan. Uh, um, yeah. Fuck them, I guess. Yeah. That's what he, that's what he said. <laughs> yeah. He said, fuck you guys. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and it was right as Sydney came out of lockdown as well. And everyone's like, oh, cool. Yeah, I guess they don't need that information. No. No, why would they? That's, no. that's bizarre. Anyway, so, yeah, we've um, got a dickhead new premiere. Hates Auslan. That's, that's, that's so he hasn't So he hasn't put any of them back in or anything like that? Not to my like knowledge, that? no. Mm. No, mm. just did that and we said, hey, and then nothing happened because... <sighs> We can't change anything in politics. Fuck you, Dom. It's all for nothing. <laughs> yes, anyway, uh, speaking of dickhead politicians doing wrong things. On to our next section. Are yeah. uh, all Australians with a disability vaccinated yet watch? Mm. What's the answer to that, Chloe? Uh, they are not. They no, are not. They, they are not. surely are not. They are no. sure not. <laughs> A third of eligible NDIS participants aged over 16 still are not fully inoculated against COVID-19 as the federal government stalls on unveiling its promised disability vaccination plan eight months after the nation's rollout began. Fucking in... Oh, I just... Now that's just people on the NDIS. I was about to say, that is literally... So like... The numbers there, not great. But that no. that doesn't account for probably majority of people with a disability in Australia. It is real hard to get on the NDIS and mm-hmm. majority of us do not. We can't get on it. So... NDIS Minister Linda Reynolds on Thursday declined to say whether the federal government's disability sector COVID-19 vaccine... Bet she did. Mm, ...implementation plan, which the Health Department promised in March, existed. <laughs> Asked by Labor Senator Nita Green whether she had seen the plan, Senator Reynolds told a late-night Senate hearing, we'll take that on notice and talk to health. I but hate like, the phrase, we'll take that on notice. Oh, yeah, Do you no, know it should what? be banned. It should, it should be, be banned. banned. They should not be allowed to say that anymore mm. because what it means is I don't know the answer to that question and I'm never going to get back to you on it because mm-hmm. I don't want to answer it. I don't want to. So following to that, <sighs> Senator Green said, but, like, does it exist? <laughs> this seems Sorry, like such coffee and laughing. <laughs> this seems like such a ridiculous thing to not be able to answer. I'm sorry, but there should be a final version of the plan, right? In March, she said, the government said it's going to be done. Is there a final version of the plan? Acting Deputy Sec- Secretary Luke Mansfeld told the committee, "I'll check during the course of this hearing oh, and get an check. answer to oh, that." My God. Guess what? No answer was provided by the end of the hearing. Shocker. I just do, 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 do. Like, people keep going, hey, hey, guys. Guys. Hey, hey. Um, we, still, we still need to do that. And they're just like, oh, okay, we'll let you know. Nope. 
and that's been happening for months. It's literally um, like they don't care about disabled people. <laughs> uh, they had the temerity to, to blame vaccine hesitancy oh, at, as well at some point. I know. That was, yeah, that frustrated me. <sighs> the be- like, that is their go-to. If they can't stall any longer, the best thing they could possibly rely on is putting the onus back on disabled people. Or, yeah. You know, back on the marginalised group that they're trying yeah. to um, throw under the bus, you know? Like, it's mm. not our fault, it's yours. I just don't understand how they manage to keep getting away with it. It's <laughs> because no one cares about disabled people yeah. and the government wants to kill disabled people and poor people how many times we have to say it on this podcast i know it's just one of those things where i keep trying to search for a logical reason apart Mm. from that and then being like oh no no we've we've already got the answer it's because they literally hate our community Mm. they hate us they straight up hate us Speaking of trying to get that fixed, what's up with the Disability Royal Commission? Yes, so I want to give like a little rundown of the Disability Royal Commission because this is obviously such a big topic, but we don't want to not mention it, obviously, because it is such a big deal. Um, But there is so much information. So what we're going to do is we're just going to give like little snippets of information throughout episodes and then we will give links to where you can read more about it in our in our show notes. Because if we were to go into detail, this this episode would probably be about 10 hours long. So. In the time that we've been off, the Disability Royal Commission published its initial findings and there was a huge amount of stuff that came out from that. Um, So, are we ready? Mm. The first was uh, a draft report from the DRC found that the Federal Health Department approach to the vaccination rollout has been seriously deficient. That is a quote, seriously deficient, Mm. having overlooked people with disabilities in favour of aged care residents. So exactly what you were just saying, but the fact that it was actually part of the Disability Royal Commission's like published report is chef's kiss. It's like, Um, guys, there's enough cake for everyone. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. It's, yeah. Um, there is a really fantastic episode um, of the Full Story podcast from uh, Laura Murphy Oates, I believe. That's a Guardian Australia podcast. Yeah. So there's a great episode if you want to learn more about this kind of stuff uh, through there. We will link you. And so next one is the, uh, in the initial findings as well, the DRC has heard alarming statistics of the rates of abuse faced by women and girls with disability. These stats are horrific, so content warning for abuse, uh, sexual abuse and physical abuse. Uh, So the stats are 90% of women with intellectual disability have experienced sexual abuse. 90%. Mm. And women with disability account for nearly half of all domestic violence victims in this country. So that is... Those stats are horrific. just horrific. That kind of puts into perspective why this Disability Royal Commission is so important because we've got the full spectrum of disability stories ranging from the absolutely horrific things like this to, you know, like workplace discrimination things and there's like just an enormous spectrum of things. Mm. So as many stories as possible, highly recommend getting on board, reading a bit and putting in your own... Submission. Submission. <laughs> I've forgotten basic words now. Um, next one is the Disability Royal Commission released... Oh, the the report that they uh, released, the damning findings, about the way police respond to people with disabilities. Shock, Shocking. Horror. 
The report said, and I quote, police are frequently damaging people with a disability. Frequently damaging. That's an damaging. interesting phrase. It is because it is very vague and broad. Mm. So... Mm. Uh, assaulting perhaps would be a I think assaulting mm. is just one of the one of the bubbles that, that could be involved in this beautiful frequently dami- frequently damaging is so insulting because it it, obje- it it makes the disabled person into an object yeah like, like a something box. You, yeah. yeah or like if you're at a shop and you yeah. knock something over mm. you know you have to pay for it yeah except they you don't know? pay for it the police no, never they don't. pay for it so yeah, I think it's the they've phrased it in this weird way because it is you know like psychological damage as well as physical, like damage. I'm you're right. There is a better way to phrase it. So it is real. That is interesting phrasing. But um, yes, the word fre- injury could have just been used either way. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. So so for, yeah, frequently damaging people with a disability, undermining their right to justice, and enabling mm-hmm. violence and exploitation against them. Ah, oh, Australian cops doing something completely fucked. To people, oh my god! Yeah, big shock. Yeah, um, and last of all, um, the demand for legal advice. Uh, this, sorry, this story came out on October twenty second. So apparently, the demand for legal advice for those considering sharing their stories and submitting something, as we just mentioned, to the Royal Commission, has almost doubled in the past two years. Like the new data shows that they've received. Um, this Your Story Disability Legal Support Place, they've received mm. almost 3,000 calls, emails, web inquiries, that kind of thing, like, mm. this year. That is 3,000. That's enormous. Like, And apparently the year before it was 1,500. So it's like this just keeps going up and up and up. Now, so, is that because, not just because the problem is worse, but do you think it's a, because the people fear repercussions of coming yes. forward yes so apparently that is one of the big things that they are going to this legal place legal support place first mm. because they want to make sure they want to ask questions about like anonymity and all of that kind of thing and apparently yeah, workplace safety yeah the drc has now changed its rules around how long stories can be anonymous for so i think it's longer now yeah, because initially it was up until the release of yes. the report, I yeah. believe. And now it's extended past that. So Look at us. We know news stuff. I do, we do. I'm very yeah. proud of us. <laughs> I, I was, half of this I'm reading off of notes that I made at 5.30 this morning. Um, and then the other half is things that were in my brain and I forgot that they were in there. <laughs> <laughs> and that summarises our podcast. <laughs> Yay! Um, so, yeah, basically, if you are interested in submitting but you're wondering about, like, the anonymity and how that works, there are legal support places that can help you and are helping thousands of Australians with this currently. So, yes, if you would like to make a submission, there are avenues, and I highly, highly recommend you do. You love to see it. We'd love to see it. But, yes, that is my DRC little wrap up it won't be as long next episode because obviously that will be done soon as opposed to us taking what was it like what felt like six six, weeks six months off yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so what's so, next joey just to we need to decompress mm. after all this you know bad news bad perhaps. news anger and, Anger, inability to say things properly, yeah. forget forgetfulness. I forgot the forgetfulness. word forgetfulness. Jesus Christ. Um, 
Yes, please. So I thought I would combine two of our most beloved sections, Historically Fully Sick and Quack Watch. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Our, the first uh, mishmash of our, mm-hmm. <laughs> of our genres. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm always interested to know, since reading a, a book about a man that was an apothecary back in the day, that people use things like ground-up mummies oh, to treat... Yeah. They loved the mummies to mm. treat various ailments back in the day. That Bits of crocodile. Fascinating whatever, whatever. when they like they do the mummy thing. It's like cool snorting this line of a dead person is going to help something to do with me living. Like it yeah, just I makes know. no sense to me. But be real, if someone said to you, Hey, snort a line of toot and Carmen, you absolutely would do it. Would do it. <laughs> you wouldn't I would already be down. I, my head would already be down on the table doing it. You wouldn't have to tell me twice. You'd do it uh, Stevie Nicks style with a straw up the bum, wouldn't you? Absolutely. That's <laughs> Don't worry about it, don't think about it. No, I will <laughs> now. I absolutely will be doing that. But continue, please. First cab off the rank for these delicious, delicious cures going back uh, several hundred years. Mm. Uh, In the late 1700s, tobacco started to arrive on Australian shores from the Americas. Along with it came the idea that when used as an enema, tobacco smoke could cure a wide range of ailments. What? (laughs) Like people were just sucking down a durry and then like... Blowing smoke up your ass. Blowing smoke up the ass. (laughs) That's not how I choose to do it. As the name suggests, a tobacco smoke enema involves literally blowing smoke up the patient's rectum. The so-called pipe smoker, uh, London medic, would use the technique on those who fell into the River Thames and were near drowned. You say River Thames? Isn't that how you say it? It's the River Thames. (laughs) What do I look like? A blimey crunchy. Do I look like a blimey geezer? No, you don't. Whatever, however you say they stinking ass river over there. Yeah, I know, it is disgusting. Like, I've seen it. Foul. I've seen it. <laughs> yeah, it's so Imagine awful. what it was like in the 1700s. Fuck me, dude. Oh, dead. my God. You would not be able to see any of the water. It would just be floating dead bodies. Just Oh, yeah. Effluent. More effluent than what it has now. Yeah. Um, Tobacco smoke enemas were thought to both warm the patient from within and to stimulate respiration. The Royal Human Society left resuscitation kits, including the equipment necessary to carry out a tobacco enema at certain points along the river. One particularly graphic uh, description from 1746 is described in a paper published in The Lancet. A man's wife was pulled from the water, apparently dead, it says. Amid much conflicting advice, a passing sailor proffered his pipe uh, and instructed the husband to insert the stem into his wife's rectum, cover the bowl with a piece of perforated paper and blow hard. Miraculously, the woman revived. Oh, my God. (laughs) I feel like if someone stuck a massive pipe up my ass, I'd probably wake wake her up up. too. And then she just woke up and there's a bunch of sailors standing around. Not this morning, thanks. I can't do it. I'm very tired. I've got a headache. I really don't want to do that this morning. Uh, But this woman wakes up half drowned with a pipe coming out of her ass and a bunch of sailors staring at her. That's not the way I want to wake up, ever. Ever. So um, Um, is that where the the phrase blowing smoke up, you're blowing smoke up my ass comes from? Maybe. 
Must be. As people, you, well, you where can... else would that well, be happening? Anyway. The Victorians got up to all sorts of weird they shit. Did. Oh, um, as people were using their tobacco enema to treat increasingly serious diseases, the oh. danger to the medic also increased. For instance, <laughs> if sucking shit down exactly. For instance, if a practitioner were to accidentally breathe in rather than blow out, perhaps during a bout of tobacco-induced coughing, cholera could pass into their lungs. Oh, yeah, cholera. Our friend cholera. Our friend cholera. And Michael used to think was cholera. <laughs> cholera. Cholera. It sounds so... Um, thankfully, the introduction of bellows <laughs> made the job slightly less hazardous. In the early 1800s, she's lost it. I'm Tobacco lost was shown to cause damage to the heart. So the enema fad, uh, thankfully, began to decline. It wasn't all the cholera. It wasn't all the cholera. And also, like, they were all still sucking down durries like there was no tomorrow. Like, they were sucking down shit chartacles. Yeah, but they're just like, oh no, tobacco is bad for the heart, so we'll stop the enemas, but we're still going to smoke it into our lungs. Um, yeah, that was, I was expecting, I wasn't expecting you to talk about tobacco enemas, but then I became comfortable with that after a little bit of, of, of chat about it and was mm. kind of like, okay, this is a bit of a weird thing, but you know, as mm-hmm. we said, 1700s, people are whacked. Yep. Woohoo. Um, but I really didn't expect the house <laughs> sucking shit down the pipe accidentally. <laughs> the next one. Oh, no. Got another one for you. I hope they don't get worse. Called the Iliac Passion. Have you heard of that before? No. Okay. John Wesley, a British evangelist, always mm, good, and the are. co-founder of Methodism, published mm. Primitive psychic or an easy and natural method of curing most diseases Mm. the time gave regular people ways to cure themselves with natural remedies using items they could find in their own homes oh did someone forget to turn her phone off no yes i did got other places to be man just my bitcoin report (laughs) (laughs) of course it is you psychopath shut up and listen Sorry, I'm really thrown by the shit pipe. Con- I'm sorry, continue, continue. This decidedly unpleasant condition, which Wesley defines as a violent kind of colic, the mm. excrements are thrown up by the mouth in vomiting, bowel inversion. <laughs> Explain yourself. Explain yourself. It's where you vomit turds. Yeah, explain yourself. How does that happen? I'm not a doctor. (laughs) I'm not a doctor. (laughs) Okay, so it has a few cures, including applying warm flannel soaked in wine. It doesn't need a cure because it it shouldn't. How does it? (laughs) It actually does happen sometimes these days in um, children with severe nutritional problems. They get so constipated that it comes up the other way yeah what the fuck yeah it's really awful um a doctor sydenham suggests hold a live puppy constantly by the belly (laughs) (laughs) this puppy's like i don't like this person yeah they're they're constantly spitting shit all over me there's shit everywhere and i'm a puppy i should be okay with that my god Things didn't get are much these, better. Are these all poo related, by the way? All of these? No way. Oh, okay. <laughs> I 
just so knowing you, I thought Excuse to myself, me? Joey's Joey's chosen all ones that are um well to do with fair. poo. So I things just, didn't get much better well. when Thomas Marriott in 1813 suggests different combinations of whale oil, live quicksilver, and cold water on the feet. Of course, cold water on the feet and also quicksilver. Mm. <laughs> Lovely. Continue. Um, okay, so you can cure toothaches with electricity. What? Yes. <laughs> yes. So a dude that really loved electricity and wrote a book about it mm. um, called Wesley suggested that patients with toothaches be electrified. The idea of electrotherapy was fairly new in the 1700s, but it was used regularly until the 1800s for illnesses like epilepsy, paralysis, impotence, tapeworms, and much more. My God, what a vast ranging list of things that just was. Mm. Are, we, are pe- you talking about like electroconvulsive therapy? Is that what you, they're talking about? No. Um, just type. shooting things with electricity, but ah. also like, yes. Fun. Um, some people just got electrotherapy for general wellness. So you just go and get a zap. Just, you know, wake you up in the morning. Like a B vitamin. <laughs> Sometimes you need it. Ah. Um, so there's a lot of strange historical treatments for malaria, but one of my favorites was a magical charm recommended by a Roman physician in the 3rd century CE. You know, it's good. Mm. Patients were told to write abracadabra over and over on a piece of paper with one <laughs> less letter on each line until the letters formed a triangle with just an A at the bottom. Then they had to tie the paper with flax and wear it around their necks for nine days before tossing it into an east running stream. Now, if that didn't oh. work, they were just supposed to rub themselves with lion fat. Of course, that's the, uh, the obvious option. <laughs> if that <laughs> writing out Brickadabra a bunch doesn't work, find a lion and kill it. I know. <laughs> so it's fat. They were such extra bitches. They those really Romans, were. I'll tell you what. Yeah. Um, or just and, doctors in this era. <laughs> they were all drama queens. Well, I mean, this this spans from, you know, Roman I don't know, antiquity time. to yeah. the 17, 1800s. So it's a real span of fuckery, I'll tell you what. Mm, but all of them drama queens in my oh, opinion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every single one. According to um, <laughs> a good summary of the uh, the medical help that one could get. Uh, according to a book which I would love to read called Bald's Leech Book. Oh, wow. Just a guide to, like, leech <sighs> therapy? Who could say? Mm. Um, to treat swollen eyes, take a live crab. What? Cut its eyes out, throw the crab back into the water, and then apply its eyes on the neck of the man who hath need. More next time! What the <laughs> fuck? This poor crab is like, okay, cool, now I'm just being chucked back into the water for no reason. For no now, reason have you done you this can to me. See, now you can see through the eyes of a crab in your neck. Oh my days. That is so fucked up. I know. Wow. So I'm guessing that you've got like you're just collecting these little these little snippets of information at this stage now, Joey. So we've got more to look forward to, I'm sure, mm-hmm. in the in the future. Excellent. Mm-hmm. So uh, now we've got historically fully sick, which is our history section. We've got mm-hmm. Quack Watch, which is our you know 
quackery section. And now we've got your new section, Historical Quack Watch, <laughs> which is, is just you telling us fucked medical practices from history. <laughs> I mean, I've kind of been doing I that the whole time in a way. Yeah. yeah. Now we've just condensed it into, um, you know, chapter format. <laughs> I know. And now we have our oldest section. Mm. Oh, is it our oldest section? I One think of it is. Yeah. Beloved section. Yes. Called Spoonie Hotline. And we've got... Two Spoonie Hotlines mm. and one entry from our um, Poet Laureate. Poet, Poet Laureate. Poet Lor- Laureate. Laureate, I think. Mm. I don't know. Anyway, yes, our beautiful Poet Laureate. Mm. But anyway. Yes. We're just going to be playing the first recording from Alex. Alex. She, her. So here we go. I don't know what it's about or anything. So let's just have a bit of a listen. Here we go. Hello? Hello? Is anyone there? I'm trying to call the Spoonie Hotline. Hi, my name is Alex and I live in Borloo in Western Australia on the land of the Wajak Noongar people. I'm 27 years old and I have a hypermobility spectrum disorder, um, adenomyosis, and finally, not a day too late, I'm being assessed for ADHD. Also a journalist, a fashion enthusiast, an animal lover, a feminist, um, and an aspiring socialist, uh, and workers' rights, disability rights, and women's rights are all pretty important to me. I was first diagnosed with a hypermobility um, syndrome, is what it was called back then, um, many, many years ago, many moons ago. Um, And uh, basically the biggest tip off to people around me when I was nine or 10 was that I was um, terrible at sport. And apparently I was running in a way that was (laughs) really concerning to everyone around me because my motor skills were uh, way below where you would expect them to be for a kid my age and my size um, and frankly nothing makes you stick out quite so hard in a little tiny isolated Australian primary school as not only being the only ethnic non-white kid in your class but also being the only one who is so profoundly terrible at sport who cannot throw a ball throw or catch uh, or jump to save her life, uh, quite literally. Uh, I worry about what would happen if the apocalypse came. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so uh, in Australian primary schools, with our obsessive and quite colonial um, identification with sport and sport only, if if you can't do sport as a kid, you are quite literally and figuratively sidelined. So it was, it was a bit isolating um my doctor took a bit of a wait and see approach when it came to hypermobility which is I guess fair lots of kids do grow out of hypermobility um and in and of itself it doesn't always lead to complications um but spoiler alert I didn't I didn't grow out of it um and it had already led to complications as a kid um and it continued to throughout my teenage years I had chronic pain from a really young age. I was in and out of physiotherapist's office um, doing physiotherapy and exercise therapy, which obviously 
was the last thing I wanted to do. Um, and, uh, and then in my mid-twenties, I was re-diagnosed. Um, the diagnosis name had changed very slightly from hypermobility syndrome to hypermobility spectrum disorder. And it was, it was probably one of the most protracted fucking wastes of time. I had been through medically speaking as an adult because it was just a kind of reaffirmation of the status quo. Nothing had changed. Um, I was actually still as hypermobile and I still am at the age of 27, as hypermobile as I was at the age of nine or 10. And it was still causing pain, joint instability, my motor um, skills, my particularly gross motor skills are still a bit affected. Um, I'm a very clumsy person. Uh, it's different now that I'm an adult and no one is making me throw and catch with any regularity. Um, and also the systemic manifestations of hypermobility that I deal with. I'm very dizzy, very easily fatigued. I have very, very low blood pressure and a very low heart rate actually, <laughs> which is quite concerning sometimes. Um, my Fitbit, when I used to wear it, did sometimes be like, hmm, this is low, are you in a coma lady or what? Uh, and very soft, easily bruisable skin. Um, people have literally gasped when, you know, brushing past my inner arm before and they'll be like, oh, your skin is so soft and beautiful. And I'll be like, oh my God, thank you. It's a disorder. Um, <laughs> very good at taking compliments as you can tell. Um, I, uh, I've been trying to navigate sort of post-uni professional identity, um, as a woman with a couple of invisible chronic conditions. And that's really interesting. Lots of doctors will tell you if you have hypermobility, particularly if you have symptomatic hypermobility, um, to not do the party tricks, you know, don't do the contortion for people. And I absolutely would not recommend that you do the party tricks for people. Uh, you listen to your doctor, like don't do it. Um, I do. <laughs> and um, it's probably not the best. The party tricks aren't ever what hurts me. Um, it's always when I'm sleeping or like standing still in my kitchen that I find myself randomly twisting a joint out of place. Um, and I guess for me, the party tricks, sadly enough, are one of the only ways to make something that is otherwise invisible, visible. Um, you can't really see pain, but definitely if you're a nosy kind of co-worker who wants to know why someone needs to work four days a week instead of five or, or why someone can't lift and carry what the other 20-somethings in the office can lift and carry, even though lifting and carrying is in no way part of my skill set. Um, definitely showing that kind of person how my joints will flip the wrong way round, upside down, inside out, tends to uh, explain in no uncertain terms <laughs> what's going on for me. So unfortunately, the party tricks, I don't know, they are a way of making the invisible visible, sadly enough, um, which is sort of where we're at, unfortunately, with chronic illness and chronic pain and disability. Um, I would say that what I'm most, uh, some of the things I, I hate being told the most, um, and not just sort of, you know, repeated, I guess, ignorant questions about um, what is hypermobility, 
why is that bad? I thought being flexible was good. Um, but also, I guess people saying, oh, wow, your partner is such an angel for putting up with that. Um, I hate that comment because it seems to imply that if I hadn't hooked up with someone who is so lovely and believe me, he is, he is a wonderful person and I hope to be with him forever because he is truly such a light in my life and in the lives of many people around him. But if we hadn't crossed paths at the time that we did, I wouldn't like to think that um, my fate would be to be kind of violently neglected by my partner because of my illnesses, uh, which unfortunately is um, the fate of lots of women with disability and chronic illness. So I'd really like to see that kind of language challenged wherever possible um, because I, I, don't, I don't want the proliferation of chronically ill and disabled people, particularly women, to be put in a position where we're seen to be in a beggars can't be choosers situation uh, when it comes to relationships, because that's not safe or healthy at all. It also tends to imply that people with chronic illness and disability don't contribute to our relationships um, in the same way that able-bodied people do, which is a pretty terrible myth. Um, but I, gotta, I better cut it off there before I spin off into a whole new rant, hey? <laughs> Um, thank you for listening and uh, I'm quite grateful for your show. I find it really uplifting to listen to Spoonie Hotline and to the two of you talk um, and I wish you and the listeners all the best. <laughs> you might, you know, <laughs> that might not be something that uh, <laughs> is the best or maybe you're, you know, a bit cuckoo, but um, sure, <laughs> thank you. But anyway, yeah. Alex, there are so many points that you brought up that I just yeah pinged off in my brain, really. I said to Joe, like, I easily could have left that exact message. Like, word for word, you have Even the, the bit where I thought so Alex times. said animal lover when she said animal lover. <laughs> <laughs> Joe pissed herself laughing because you said you're an animal lover and Joe went, animal lover? <laughs> and <I> went, no. <laughs> you know... Sure, that's <laughs> no judgment, same, but no, that's not what she said. Just as a kid that grew up in Queensland or whatever, I was quite good at sport. Like my illness came a bit later on after an accident, but I, I can't imagine how difficult it would be as a young kid in this sport-obsessed nation um, mm. having a different body to other people and having to do doing sports in front of other people was always really embarrassing for me regardless of what my body was doing I was always more tall and more gawky than everyone else but added uh any sort of joint or pain issues and I you know would have been rough um See, I too I, I was, too imagine I was... my apocalypse skills as well oh, to yeah. this day yes big same <laughs> I constantly am like, I would either turn into the most badass of badasses and be also very good at finding hiding places when I needed to rest, like a True. ninja. That is but a good then, skill of yours. Yes, I do like to find places to nap. Then on the other hand, I'm just like, no, I, if there was a zombie apocalypse, I would straight up be the first to die. Like the first one, like patient, not zero, but number one. <laughs> like I'd be the next zombie. You know, I don't like running. Very much. I'm I am a Sicilian German tank woman that has been weight training. Mm, you have been weight training, much to my body's disgust. But <laughs> I will push through it. I want to do that thing where, like, you see on movies where they move someone's head a bit and their neck snaps. 
Oh, so you want to murder someone? Well, yeah. Oh. <laughs> why? Hey, Joe, why are you weight training? Oh, for murder. Murder why, reasons. Why else would why I do it? <laughs> to snap a man's neck with my I thighs. Tried, listen, I tried boxing and I didn't want to take my um, acrylic nails off. So there's yeah, only fair. a couple of options left. Yeah. Um, I freaked out at Alex's message over the like party tricks thing because like oh I was that was kid, so interesting like I was the kid that you know also wasn't particularly great at sport every now and then I'd find one that I was okay at but I was really lanky and skinny mm. and I would do these party tricks but for a long time I thought that that's what everyone was like I thought everyone could do it and I was just a bit of a class clown that would do it all the time and then as I got older I'm just like oh it's that's a party trick because everyone's like, look at your freaky fucking elbows that can jump in and out of their sockets. And mm. yeah, now I'm older and they're like, oh yeah, you've got all of the markers of um, like EDS, like heads. Mm. And I'm like, oh, great. So that's that's not, not everyone can do that. <laughs> cool. But the whole thing of being able to, the whole thing of going, this is why I can't lift a box, dislocates yeah. elbows, like... <laughs> yeah, I've never even thought about that as uh, look at my look at my body. It's it's almost like a sort of you can prove your illness like through doing it. Like and the doctors that... tell you not to, but you're yeah. like, well, I get no like pluses out of this whole shit. Like I might Mate. as well like yeah, you get you get a beer and a half into me, and I am fucking the joints are coming out. Like yeah, <laughs> yeah I reckon. Yeah, there is. Can no you? Stopping. Is this a thing that? I don't have the fingers. Yeah, I got yeah, the fingers. You got the fingers? What yeah. does that mean? Does it just <laughs> I mean? I don't know. <laughs> You're just doing a weird, a weird waving motion at me. Like that. Yeah, pop. you've got, you've got like little pop, pops in your fingers. Uh, who who can say really? Who can say? But anyway, thank you for your message, Alex. <laughs> very true. Very true. And also, um, yes, I get super pissed off about the relationship stuff. Oh my as soon god, as someone that was says, a whole fucking thing. As soon as someone says, "Oh, you're so lucky that they don't have a problem with this," it's just like, "Oh, so you're saying that like I would be a burden? Mm. I'm a burden too." Mm. Cool. Thanks for reminding me that heaps of people would see me as a burden. The also, phrase, like, um, the fate to be violently neglected by your partner. <laughs> yeah. And the beggars yeah. can't be choosers thing. Yeah. Like, oh, God. Yeah, I've, I have a lot of thoughts about this. As someone whose relationship broke down at the end of last year with a lot of the focus being on my health, mm. I have many, many thoughts. Yeah, and, like, <laughs> sick people don't contribute anything. Have you seen our party tricks? Yeah. <laughs> like, have you seen my elbows go in and out? I am asleep for 19 hours a day, but I can pop my elbows in and out, please. Mm. Please. I contribute to society. No, Thank I, you I for really that beautiful uh, Spoonie Hotline, Alex. We mm. really appreciate it. If you would like lovely. to send a Spoonie Hotline, you can talk into your phone and email us at chronicallyfullysick at gmail.com. Don't ask me about the in-between steps. You worked that out. I don't know. The in-between Go- steps? Well, like how – I don't know how like Android Recording phone Recording and stuff? Oh, God, Android phones. No. I have no idea. No. Don't stand in a windy spot. Listen back to it before you send it to us mm. and tell us what pronouns you want because we, yes. we don't want to um, uh, misgender. misgender anyone. Absolutely. That's yes, not what we're please. about. 
No, not on this podcast. Not on this damn podcast. <laughs> not on this air quotes podcast. Um, yes, please send us spoonie hotlines. We love to hear them. And as Alex said, or like so many of our listeners love to listen to them too. So please, please, please share your stories with us. Okay, um, there is someone from an Android phone that forgot to attach theirs. Ooh, lovely. Brianna. And I'll just say to you, Brianna, please resend that. Can't tell you how to do it. <laughs> Brianna, your Android Brianna. phone has failed you. <laughs> Brianna, damn it. Brianna. Damn it, Brianna. <laughs> so anyway. the last Spoonie hotline we have this week is our poet laureate. Laureate. Yes. Laureate. Chronically fully sick poet laureate. Who has nominated themselves, and we're extremely happy about the fact, mm. as the poet of our podcast. Yes. Um, the first... We love and stand. We love and stand. The first poem they sent through was... Look, it's the most dikey energy we ever have had on this podcast. There was a yeah. lot of talk about rubbing... Uh, what is it? Carabiners together or something? Yeah. <laughs> if we rub In our carabiners. If we scissor with our carabiners <laughs> and then we... A beautiful lesbian is born somewhere in the world. Yeah, so trigger no, warning was... for carabiners. <laughs> yeah, absolutely trigger warning. Content warning, carabiners. Yeah, last time, yeah, when that poem got read out last time, it was, it finished and Joe and I just squealed and I started yelling about big dyke energy. So yes. very excited to see what Jamila has sent us this time. They're back and the <laughs> the only thing they have written... <laughs> Says, more gay poems for you, sickos. <laughs> more gay poems. More gay poems. poems. More gay poems. Okay. We love it. So let's go. Hello, sickos. Uh, it's Jamila Main here. Hello, dear Chloe and dear Joe. Hello to everyone who is in pain or hurting or feeling the weight of their symptoms. Um. I sent in a Spoonie hotline previously and read a poem which was very gay and very chronically fully sick and I believe it was Joe who dubbed me the chronically fully sick poet laureate um so I took it upon myself to write you some more gay sick poems um the first one's very short um and I've just called it pain poem Punish me, pain, daddy, a dom with no aftercare. Swipe left on pain. I'll lie myself down on a bed of nails. You cannot reach me here. I am amusing myself with the image of uh, Chloe cackling and laughing her head off and leaning away from the microphone over that one. Um and I've got another one called Carabina Signals. But before I read it, I just wanted to tell you um, that uh, I'm an actor and I'm a playwright. And two weeks ago, I got to be an actor in a creative development of a new play. And I got to play a disabled character who has chronic pain and references it. And it's present in her body and the way she moves and how she deals with the things that are happening in the play. And the play was written by a neurodivergent disabled playwright. Um, And it was just, oh, it was just the best. It was one of the best weeks of my life. And it just, oh, it just fuels my soul 
to play a disabled character and to be allowed to bring my full self into a rehearsal room and to not have to worry about my disability or my pain and how that might make me be perceived by other people who are abled and just oh just the fucking strength of standing on a stage a, a zoom stage we performed a reading over zoom um, on Facebook live to people um, but to get to be on a virtual stage particularly where we are in the world right now um, and be disabled was just glorious and I just really wanted to tell you guys about it. Um, and now I'm going to read you Carabiner Signals. A carabiner on a belt loop. Carabiner signals on a crowded street, in a classroom, at Sunday lunch. I searched the waiting room for carabiner signals. In the middle of the night, when I cannot sleep, I switch on my phone instead of drinking sleepy time tea. I copy and paste from the internet, download and torrent from one metal skull to my fleshy brain. I make myself in your image. I fill myself up till I overflow, ring me out over your parched lips, beg to be quenched. I'll quench. Use me to swallow your pills, take me twice daily. Fall face first into my oasis in this semi-arid land where time stops. I'll be your oxytocin mirage. You can find me in the jangle of keys against a lesbian's thigh. There you go. There's some gay, fully sick poems for you. Hope you enjoy. Um, I will keep writing gay, sick poems for the sickos and for the gays and the gay sickos. Sending so much love to you all from my aching, burning pelvis uh, due to endometriosis. That wasn't, no, oh God, oh God. <laughs> it hurts, okay? I've got fucking abdominal pain. Oh. Oh, God, you're going to think I'm a pervert. I'm not, I promise. Um, <laughs> oh, gosh. Good job. Good job. Good job. Well done. If only there was a second take. Um, yeah, I just wanted to wish everyone well, and I hope that you have some energy and low pain today. Okay, I'm going. Goodbye. Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> they never disappoint. Never. Holy shit, mate! That was unbelievable. That was so so good. I more cabinas. There's so <laughs> I've got so much to say, and yet I'm laughing too much to uh, say any of it. Now I will say that Chloe did scream and lean away from the microphone. I don't know yeah. how you understood that energy, but that mm. is definitely what happened. She loves um, pain, Daddy. Loves pain, daddy. That's Chloe what can I say? Pain yeah, pain, daddy. Yeah, <laughs> daddy. Oh, daddy. Diddly, I'm, I'm extremely drunk. What can I say? Yeah, we took a break in between recording, and this is what happens. Yes, <laughs> diddly, daddly. Um, yeah, Jamila, that was amazing. Thank you, as always, for being um, our 
Sicko Poet Laureate. I a jester, that. a pain jester. Yes. We, I reckon I've pronounced Laureate about seven different ways during this episode. Okay. So let's see how we go. Listen, yes, that- I, I just want to cut in here and say I'm so glad that they got to play a character that resembled their own experience and body. Totally. You know what I think about when I think that in Alien, right, mm. the movie Alien, Ripley wasn't a woman originally. Oh, right. And Sigourney Weaver just sort of tried out for it. I just wish disabled, well, I just wish disabled people could just try out for roles and the character was just disabled and it wasn't. Yeah. And they just decided, hey, well, yeah, we can make that character disabled in the way that you are disabled. Sure. Yeah, that that would be great. But unfortunately, um, because of just basic ableism, Hollywood doesn't like that. Can we have a Ripley in a wheelchair with um, AK-47 strapped to it? Well, look, as I've said to you, I'm writing a horror movie and... No, we aren't allowed to talk about that anymore. Why? People will steal it. Oh, yeah. Don't steal my... Don't steal my screenplay. What's it? What's the word? Trademarks. It's trademarks. Trademark, copyright, trademark. copyright, copyright, copyright. <laughs> I will sue you with my Look, many, many I millions just, of dollars. When Jamila calls up, I just don't know. I, I don't know what to say after they're finished, really. It's like, what because it's so, it's so beautiful. And yet the fact that it ended with Jamila going, oh, no, oh, no, you're going to think I'm a pervert. Oh, no, is <laughs> my pelvis is burning. My- <laughs> <laughs> no, my pelvis is aching. <laughs> yeah, it's because of the big gay sicko energy in those poems, or because endometriosis. Mm. Who knows? Endometriosis makes us all into poivots. Poivots. Mm, <laughs> I'm a poivot. You're a poivot too. Oh anyway, my lord, let's finish it there. But if you have anything as equally sick and disgusting that you could send us, I very much doubt it personally. Mm. Yeah. We want your sick poems. We want your oh my god, Joe. Just sorry, chronically fully the- sick at gmail.com. <laughs> You're a menace. You're a I'm menace. I'm sorry. To I drink. I drink and vape when I do these. You're a menace to society. All right, that's it. End of episode. I reckon. Yeah. So if you've got any, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go on. If you have any ideas for our upcoming episode on International Day for People with Disability. Yeah. Anything maybe you uh, think that we should be talking about and we haven't yet. Or not talking about or shutting up about. Send us hate mail if you want. We'll... We can read that out. You know, there's there's options. There's options. Maybe we can tie it into our uh, Christmas episode. Yeah. That sounds sick. All right. Mm. Chronically Fully Sick, episode 22. Signing off. Signing off. We'll be back sooner rather than later, hopefully. Please, world, don't do any more stuff. Yeah. No more hiatus. We cannot do it. So, world, just chill the fuck out. Chill out. Bye. Bye bye.
拜。